Alongside me, Jake Miller. Jake Miller here with you after a victorious edition, beating Kentucky one hundred three to ninety two in Rupp Arena last night. And I mean, what a performance! There's, I, I don't, I don't even think that was not their best performance of the year. Um, Dalton Connect obviously got slowed down a ton. Only scored half of what he's been scoring the last six games. And you still went in there with a wire-to-wire victory. You never trailed, uh, won by double digits, and a really high-level basketball game where both teams shot the crap out of the ball. And you had both teams shot – Tennessee shot 48% from the field. Kentucky shot 49. You both made 12 threes. And just – Yes, you're hearing music right now. You'll never leave yeah. Harlan alive, Davis. You know why? They're going to dig that coal from the bottom of their grave because Tennessee just went into Rupp Arena and whipped that ass. Yes, they did. And it was beautiful to see. I, uh, I've i got to give credit where it's due, Jake. This is a guy that, you know, we've trashed on. Everybody's trashed on this year. Uh, and rightfully so, but he really showed up last night. It was uh, Triple J. Uh 26 points for him, 9 for 18 from the field, 4 for 9 for 3. I, he was huge last night. He hit so many timely shots, especially in that second half. And dare I say, a five-star performance? I mean, that's that's why we're so frustrated with him, because you know it's in him, but he just does it once, literally, about every, what, 20 games? 30? Roughly. I mean, that's what you're going to get out of him. But, I mean, last night, I mean, you can't give uh... – can't give enough props to how well he played. And like you said, this yeah. is a guy that we have been really hard on, you know, not just with this show, but, you know, with our previous show, Overtime, that we did together and my show, the G.I. Jake show. I mean, there's been a lot of uh, lot of uh, animosity towards him because he's not living up that five-star hype. And then last night he comes out and has essentially the game of his life. I mean, I'm pretty sure he had a career high in points last night. Yeah, and Zakai Ziegler, that may have been his best game as a Vol, 26-13. and 13. I mean, that's an incredible stat line. He was there for it. He's a dog, and can't say enough good things about him. We just – and Viscovi. I'm, I haven't even mentioned Viscovi yet, but Viscovi's getting out of his slump. He's looking more like himself. He only put up 11 points, but just seemed like he – all the veterans last night, him – Josiah and Ziegler, they all just made so many timely, timely shots down the stretch when they were trying to claw and claw back in it. I mean, I thought, okay, here comes Kentucky. You know, they're, they're going to get it within three. They're going to get it within one, and then we just have to hold them off. But it never happened. And I got to give credit to Rick Barnes here. I mean, we got it got down to 78-71 after Reed Shepard three, and they just had a, I believe, <clears throat> I believe a 9-0 run, and he called a timeout. That's something that we rarely see from him, and it ended up paying off. So that's something very encouraging that I saw. That may be my most encouraging thing I saw last night was him taking a timeout. So 
there's a lot of good things that we can take away from that game, and obviously that's what you want to see. So talk about it all the time, but you got to win in different ways come March. And last night, you won in a different way when your best player didn't have it going, and they're all keyed in on him. So I just, awesome performance. Um, yeah, man, that was just a massive win. I mean, it, it doesn't get any bigger than that. And to do it on the road, you know, not just on the road, but at Rupp Arena, a place in which before Rick Barnes got here, you'd only won up there four times. And now you've won up there four times with Rick Barnes. And like you said, Davis, when he's utilizing those timeouts and he's not backing down, like normally this is the point where you would see Tennessee almost fold in a sense. But last night what we saw is we almost saw basically it's like, okay, we're going to call a timeout, and we're just going to put the foot on the gas, and we're not going to let off of it. Like, we're just going to go full throttle like we're at Daytona. You know, put the pedal to the metal and turn left, and that's exactly what we did. I mean, incredible performances really all the way around by our guys. And, I mean, one of the things that I was starting to wonder, I was like, does Tobey even have that dog in him? You know, like some of the other big men do. But when you start looking at what Tobey Awaka was able to do last night, did it look the best? No. I think he only had like four points. But when he looked at Bradshaw, that was a look in his eye. It's like, uh, yeah, you you did that to the wrong person. It's like, do you know who that guy is? Do you know where he's from? He's going to make it happen. Like, you don't do that to him. Yeah, he, he will beat your ass. Yeah, you don't do that to him. Like, there's certain guys you can do it to and get away with it. You don't do that to Awaka. You don't do that to him. Yeah, there's... He, that's a game, if I have one complaint about last night, it's that Adu obviously finished with 11 rebounds, but he's got to be stronger finishing around the rim. I mean, there's times where he went up soft. He went up soft way too many times. But Toby Iwaka, I mean, or Tobe, sorry, he, I mean, he's definitely there for it. Like you said, he, uh, he was in there, he was strong, he was physical, and those are the type of – it's good to have that kind of depth that we've talked about all year in those games where he can be physical with them. If Jonah, if it's not a Jonas type of game where he doesn't have it rolling, and it was good that you had – I mean, they talked about on the broadcast last night, but, you know, Tobey also, he's strong, strong as crap, but he's also quick. Like when he got – he made that quick little spin move to his right and laid it up in the post – that's something that Adu can't do as quick, and it showed last night when you have when you're going against slow, just lumbering bigs that Kentucky had last night. But I wish he would have two pieced Aaron Bradshaw. That would have made my day if he'd have just two pieced him right there in I, front of God and everybody. The two tentacles are ridiculous. How did how did Ganey get a tech? <laughs> yeah, Jordan Ganey must have said something really really bad to get a tech right there because I mean. First of all, they're punching the crap out of him on the when he's getting the rebound, and then he gets pushed, and all he does is he gets pushed twice actually, and he just retaliates and he gets a tech. I mean, whatever. I'm not complaining about the officials because the referees really did not show up last night. So shout out Doug Childs. Yeah, Childs did a good job last night. I mean, that was uh, that was probably the most fair game that I've ever seen called in Rupp. I agree. And like, and can we acknowledge the fact that? They absolutely hate Rick Barnes in the state of Kentucky. They absolutely hate him at this point because nobody has more wins up there than any Tennessee head coach. He already had it. I mean, now he is matched 
what we had done and the duration of the program before he got here. He's got four wins up there. And they're like, oh, we'll discount the COVID year, discount the COVID year. Guess what? You still lost. It's like we can sit here all the time and, you know, we'll talk about how, like, you know, COVID football wasn't real. And to a degree, I would – I'm going to stand behind that because COVID football, you had to play a full-blown SEC schedule. You didn't have cupcake games mixed in there with the rest of your SEC games. COVID basketball, you still had a full roster. You were able to go yeah. and do it and, you know, play wherever as you please with basketball. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, they can discount the COVID year all they want. But the fact of the matter is, I think they only won, what, nine or ten games that year, if that. Yeah. Yeah, that was by far Cal's worst team at Kentucky. And right now, when you look at everything that Rick Barnes has done, and this is a guy that we've given a lot of a lot of uh, a lot of grief over the years, mainly starting in twenty nineteen when he sat Grant Williams on the bench to start overtime versus Purdue in the Sweet Sixteen. When that's a do or die game, you have to play your best players, and he he's going to get a lot of that. And he puts him back in, and it's too late. And there's been questionable decisions made. You know, even up to this point, I'll remember Kennedy Chandler's year that he was here. You know, you got hot at the end of that year and you lose to Michigan in the second round. But the fact of the matter is, you know, at the time, it was almost like he was coaching the dog out of these guys. Like he had checked out. Like it's, okay, well, I'm just here to retire. I'm here to collect a check and that's it. But then you look at this year, it's like, okay, we're going to go out and we're going to get a Dalton Connect. Okay? We're going to make sure that Zakai Ziegler has everything he needs to be successful. We're going to make sure that Jonas A. do is able to take that next step, do more than what he's done in the previous two years. We're going to make sure that Jemai Meshack is just as effective on defense this year as he was last year, and he is. Triple J, I mean, let's call it like it is. He's probably the sixth or seventh option on this team, but he played like the first option last night, playing like that five-star talent that he is, that he should be, I should say. Dalton Connect, did he rack up as many points last night? No, I think he had 14 or 15, but at the same time, when he doesn't have to do that, you're opening up the floor for everybody else, which exactly. helps in a, helps a game plan effectively. Because Kentucky's yeah. game plan going into this was probably, okay, well, we got to shut down Dalton Connect and we're probably going to be fine. It's like, oh, wait, we got four other guys right here that we have to worry about that are not named Dalton Connect, that are not wearing the number three. And we're going to dish the ball around effectively, and Kentucky's just going to have to try to figure out a way to stop it, and they could not stop it. Yeah, By the way, no, where that's... is Big Z? We heard all about him. We saw that dominating performance his first game when they had no film on him. They didn't know what to think of him. Now we figured him out. Big Z is not anything. That was a that was a flash in the pan game. He's a fraud. He's a fake. He's a phony. Yeah, they're they're fed up with Cal, and I, that's something. That's a great point that I meant to bring up earlier when I first opened up, but. You saw last night, you're going to start seeing it a lot more now that Kentucky did it, but they're just going to start selling out on Connect and say, okay, somebody else has to beat us. Like if, if Josiah Jordan-James is going to shoot 9 for 18, score 30 points, we'll live with it. And they did, so that's what you're going to see. Like Down the stretch, they're going to, have, they're going to try to get somebody. They're just going to sell out completely on Connect and just force somebody else to beat you. And is this sustainable for – I don't know, next month and a half. I don't know, but we'll see. And this is just a, like you said, it's a great chance. It was a great opportunity for them. And they really stepped up and, I mean, helped out because I can't even imagine, like, 
I don't know. It, it's just it's not like I was sitting there last night watching the game. It's like without when Connect wasn't in there down the stretch. I was like, this is the exact lineup we would use last year. But the team dynamic it just feels so much different with Connect now. Like I do not think that this team would have been. You see what I'm saying? Like yeah. Like I, I just don't think this team would have been like this last year if they had just run it back with the same squad. Right. And as it stands, you're a game and a half back from Alabama. Of course, we didn't have the midweek game that everybody else had that week. But, I mean, you look at it, you're right there with South Carolina and Auburn. And South Carolina, that's a team that when you go down to Columbia here in March, into February, whenever it is, I mean, you've got something to prove in that game now. South Carolina's probably going to be ranked when we go into that game. They're going to be ranked this week. A top 20 team to me. I mean, they're a good basketball team, and that's a team that kind of reminds you a lot of the 2017-2018 Tennessee team, in which they were projected to finish 13th in conference. But you know who it reminds me of? Who's that? Um, Missouri from last year. They they have those tendencies. They really do. They're very guard-heavy. They can shoot the ball. They spread you out. They play scrappy. It's just, I don't know. They get well, – Missouri got hot at the right time and lost in March, but they beat us, so – Yep. Man. You never know. It's just weird. It's just I, I did not expect South Carolina to be good at all. I, I thought Lamont Paris was a bad coach, but obviously I was completely wrong. So, shout out to him. But, I, don't, I mean, yeah. And, Stat, you know, Matt Jones, I love going through. I actually watched this entire game almost on the plane last night. So, um, I wasn't able to, like, react on social media and stuff and look at twitter but when i landed you know it's just it was beautiful to see all the kentucky tears but matt jones tweets out um excuse sorry first time kentucky has given up 100 in the sec game since 1993 that is 31 years for those out there that don't want to do the math first time against any team in rup since the infamous billy clyde vmi game so they're just making bad history against us. And he says again, um, Kentucky has lost back-to-back games at home only eight times in its history. Three of those have been in the last four years. Mm-hmm. So, like, they're pretty fed up with Cal. And he is yes. a $33 million buyout, apparently, still. Shoo! I'd love to be Coach Cal right now. I'd love it. I'd absolutely oh, they, oh, love they're, it. They're, they're, uh... They're hating on him because his dog died. Terrible fans, if you ask me. Let the man grieve. Man, like, the guy's dog died. That has nothing to do with basketball. What are they doing? <laughs> They're cussing his dog, dead dog out. It's, uh, that's just uh, that's another level of just terrible person. I mean, good lord, man. What in the world? Yeah, I'm, I'm not gonna. I'm not going to lie, though. If we had lost back-to-back and Rick Barnes would come out there and said, let's just say we lost to Missouri uh, Tuesday and be like, oh, you know, guys, sorry, my dog's really sick. I got to go. I can't uh, do this full press conference. And then Saturday night, Kentucky had come into Thompson Bowling and kicked our ass and said, sorry, I got to go home. My dog died. Like, that doesn't cut it, man. Sorry. It's not a good enough excuse for me. No, the fans need to lay off of that. That, that I, I won't – I'll never – Never fault anybody for wanting to take care of their ailing animal. Because, Davis, I have more sympathy for animals than what I do humans. 
I'd be pretty distraught if my dog died, but at the same time, if I'm making, what is Coach Cal making? Eight million? Uh, it's something ridiculous. Yeah, something crazy like that. I, I guess I have to do my post-game press conference. Not him. Yeah, I don't know. I don't feel bad for Kentucky fans at all. I I, I just, it, it really, I don't know. I was just sitting there last night when I, I didn't realize Alabama was 7-1, and one, like you just mentioned. Like, they're just in it every single freaking year. I mean, they just lost the number two pick, and they're still 7-1 and one in uh, conference play. Like, I mean, they're playing very well. I mean, I'd rather be Alabama right now than be Arkansas. And last year it would have been the opposite. I would have loved to have been Arkansas a few years ago. And now I, uh, I don't want any part of Arkansas. I mean, have you, you've heard, have, you heard what's going on Have you heard there? the rumors about yeah. Arkansas? Oh, a little triangle. Ugh. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, that that explains it. When I saw that, I was like, "Okay, now it makes sense." Mm-mm-mm. Yeah, can't have that going on in the locker room. No, oh, we've seen no. it happen. Uh, if you got relationships going on in the locker room, no matter what sport you're playing, it's going to cause turmoil. Yeah, it's uh, there's some things that you can't understand basketball wise. Just doesn't make sense. And then when you hear things like that. Yeah, hundred percent makes sense. It's like, oh, okay, so. their head's not in it. They're focused on on that. Yeah, there's a good reason why they're not focused on these games. Yep. So, so uh, <laughs> bad for Musselman. <laughs> Golly, bless their hearts. Yeah, I feel bad for him, but we got to take our first break of the hour. So stick with us. Morning after here on Family Radio. Attention, Fan Run listeners. This is Bob Baskerville. Make sure to come check out the Fan Run Morning Show with me and John Reed, Monday through Friday at 7 a.m. on 1340 a.m., 105.7 FM, and the Fan Run app. It's your morning go-to for the latest that's happening in the world of sports on Rocky Top and around the country. So join us every morning on Fan Run Radio. A brand built in Tennessee and born from the love of the game. Inward Half revolutionizes golfing comfort. Crafted by a former pro and dedicated enthusiast just like you, our luxury performance wear guarantees you stay cool and comfortable through every swing and every day. We're not just a brand. We've set out to create a lifestyle for those who understand that impeccable style and premium performance are a hole-in-one. Enjoy the walk-in with Inward Half. Attention service members and veterans, introducing the Griffin Law Firm, your trusted ally in military legal matters. Whether it's fighting for your rights, navigating complex regulations, or seeking justice, at Griffin Law, your mission is their mission. Here's VFL Marshall Griffin. As a veteran and retired military attorney, I've successfully defended lifelong benefits and helped preserve professional futures. So I know that when you hire a military justice lawyer, you maximize your chance to get relief. With my unique experience, I can advocate for you because there's no military matter that's too big or too small. Let us help you make these critical decisions that could affect the rest of your life. Remain silent, request counsel, call Griffin Law. For a free consultation, call 888-707-4282. That's 888-707-4282. Or visit griffinlawdefense.com. Are you in need of a smile makeover? 
Hi, I'm Dr. Michael Costa at Knoxville Smiles, and if you're ready to improve your smile, replace teeth that are missing, make your dentures tighter, add implants to your mouth, whatever you may need, we're here to discuss a wide range of easy, pain-free cosmetic and restorative procedures that can create a glowing, radiant smile that you've always dreamed of. Don't wait any longer. The time is now. Call us today at Knoxville Smiles and schedule your appointment at 865-539-1776 or go online to KnoxvilleSmiles.com. Rogers Utility Solutions, a division of Rogers Hydrant Service is a family-run Tennessee-based business since 2015. Now serving municipalities and residences in 14 states, Rogers offers fire hydrant flow testing, distribution flushing, and maintenance programs in accordance with ISO standards. Rogers also offers hydrant repair and installation, and they have the capability of repairing hydrants under pressure. For more information on Rogers' new sewer maintenance program, complete with mapping, cleaning, and camera inspecting, visit RogersHydrantService.com. Welcome back. Good morning after here on Fam Room Radio. Davis Rangi alongside Jake Miller. The number if you want to call in, talk about last night's game, 865-546-8200. And you know, Jake, I, I can't stand Kentucky as much as the next guy, but I've got to give you some credit here. A player that I just enjoy watching play and that you called it actually is uh, Reed Shepard. I mean, it's good to see a guy. We've talked about it before, but it's good to see a guy that homegrown, um, homegrown kid, loves the state school. He's from Kentucky, obviously, and he wants to play for his team and go and represent it. And I'm sure he got some NIL money, but probably 98% of it was due to the fact that he loved that school. And I'm not sitting here just trying to uh, kiss Kentucky's ass. I'm just – it's just nice to see somebody like that in today's world of college athletics where everything is just all about the money and it's never – it's not how it used to be. Like it's just a completely new era now. And it's good to see a guy, especially someone that's – not the most athletic, not the most gifted, but he makes up for it in other ways, and he loves his school, and that's why he's there. I mean, that's the thing is that guy wants to be there. That guy it's, really wants to be at Kentucky. It's not like, you know, like you had said, and, you know, I had alluded to it on overtime last year. I'm like, watch out for this Shepherd kid. And part of it might be the fact that I had seen him play in person. You know, I had watched him – you know, just go down and shoot the ball at will. You know, drop 31 points a game, you know, Laurel County High School, North Laurel, where, wherever he played. But, you know, when your mom plays there, your dad plays there, you got the media machine behind you. And there's a lot of Kentucky fans that don't like him because of the media machine that was behind him. But the fact of the matter is, the guy was up there, you know, essentially carrying the team. Like, that team goes as Reed Shepard goes. Kind of like Tennessee goes as Zakai Ziegler goes. When Ziegler has a good game, everybody's playing well. When Reed Shepard's playing well, everyone on that team is playing well. And he's the only one that was actually trying to get him back in the game late. I don't know if you saw this, Davis, but he went into the second half with no fouls. And he had to waste his last four trying to send Tennessee to the free throw line because nobody else is trying to make the effort to actually foul. 
And no, get, yeah, he fouled out, right? Yeah, he fouled out. He had to waste his yeah. last four trying to send basically Santiago Vescovi and Zakai Ziegler and Dalton Connect to the line. That was so annoying, by the way. I mean, the game's already decided. The last two minutes took 20. Hey, I mean, the fact of the matter is we put up 103 points. I'm not going to I'm not gonna gripe about that at all. And then Jonas Adu finished it off with a monster dunk. Yeah, I was like, okay. I need a fast break, Jonas. Yep. But, uh, no, I, I got to give uh, credit to him. It's just refreshing to see. And uh, also, Rob Dillingham. Holy crap. I mean, <laughs> Golly. 37 points. I mean, good God. He's a, he's a player. He'll he's going to be an NBA prospect. Yeah, I mean, you just think about all the – and it, if you just think about all the Kentucky guards, I mean, I, I brought this up yesterday. Just I was just thinking about it in my head. I mean, saw it on Twitter. I, th- I believe it's like – it's almost half – literally half of the All-Stars in this year's All-Star game are from Kentucky. And out of that, you've gotten one national championship with Coach Cal. I mean, we talk about – Rick Barnes underachieving, and rightfully so. He's never gotten past the Sweet 16 here at Tennessee, but Coach Cal only has one national championship out of all that is criminal. It really is. It really is, man. I mean, think about it. You know, and I even brought this argument last year, and people were pushing back on me a little bit. And I think you and Matthew and Bryson saw where I was coming from. But when you look at the talent that Kentucky's had versus the talent that Tennessee's had, and the flaming out in March that we've had versus the flaming out in March that they've had. I mean, you can, you can almost make the argument that Cal has underachieved more than what Rick Barnes has. He has a national championship, but it took probably one of the best players in the NBA right now to get it. But you look at John Wall, DeMarcus Cousins, Shai Gilgis-Alexander, Devin Booker, Cat, all Tyrese those guys. Maxey. Tyrese Mack, like, literally. Bam. Like, bam. I mean, the list goes on. Hero. I mean, it literally goes on and on and on. PJ, you know, all those guys that came through there. All those guys that came through Kentucky. Ty Ty Washington. He sucks. He does, but, I mean, the fact of the matter is, with all that talent that has come through Kentucky, you only have one national championship to show for it. You only have one banner to hang when you've had consistently probably the best roster in all of college basketball for the past. He's been at Kentucky since 2009. 15 years. You've had consistently had the best basketball roster in all of college in all of college basketball, and you only have one national title to show for it, just one. Forget the SEC yeah. titles. I mean, who really cares about a conference tournament title? Who really cares about an SEC regular season title? They're nice to win. It was nice to win it with Kennedy. It was nice to win those regular season title or that regular season title with Grant and Admiral. That was very nice. But at the end of the day, if you don't have national championship banners to hang, you're just trying to fill rafter space at that point. Because right now, the, what, yeah, yeah. what are we trying to do? We're trying to fill rafter space. That's like our Elite Eight banner. When I was at VCU, they don't have a Final Four banner with just one year under it. They have the logo from the Final Four that year as their banner for that year. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm down here in uh, South Florida – um, I went to the FAU game. I have to go to FAU games, and they have they have a, the Final Four banner as big as you can see, just right there in the rafters. And um, so, yeah, that's that's our main goal as a program. Is just I could, I mean, I, obviously, I want to win a national championship, but I just want to get there. I want to get to 
I believe it's in Phoenix this year. I just want yes. to get to the Final Four, get to Phoenix come late March, early April. Johnny and, Hodge, if you're listening, we need a place to stay. Yeah, I, I, I just, I mean, that's just all we want. That's the only thing that's missing from Rick Barnes's tenure here at Tennessee because obviously it's been the most successful if you want to look at wins and based off of everything and his uh, longevity here, but it still circles back to Bruce Pearl. I mean, Bruce Pearl went farther than him in the tournament and what, how many years a year? Four or five? Who's that I wasn't now? here for the, I wasn't, I don't even remember the start of the Bruce era. I remember the, the last. The start of the like, Bruce Pearl was, era was 2005, 2006. So he was here, what, five years, six years? He was here for six. Six, so, I mean, yeah. Bruce and, and he made the tournament every year. Rick Barnes has been here for, what, 10 now almost? I mean, he's been here 10. since uh, 2015, 2016. Yeah, so this is year nine, I believe. Yes. Or, yeah, year nine. So he's only been here 10 years, and he's been the most successful coach we've had, but he's just missing the Final Four. And like I said, I, I mean – connect it's just that's the typical player that he doesn't recruit you know at tennessee and it's just been very i guess refreshing is my word of the day but very refreshing to see a completely 180 from what we're used to seeing mm-hmm. and him just letting him play and not really getting on to him i mean it's been rare this year that we've seen him get on somebody like he did with tyree key last year mm-hmm. that poor guy you want to talk about getting it coached out of him that guy had no confidence going into the last half of the year. No, and uh, it was it was rough to see, but I, I think it's good that he's adapting and finally utilizing those timeouts, like um, we talked about earlier. I mean, it's it's good to see. Like, and Daniel, one of the callers, made a point earlier in the week. He said, "Watching Rick Barnes, the way he's coached this year." letting Dalton Connect play free. And what was one of the things that you and I talked about a lot was that when you see these guys on the floor, it's almost like they're thinking too much. Yep. If you watch The Sandlot, if you ever seen that movie, what does Benny tell Smalls? He says, you got to stop thinking so much. Just go out there and have fun. Right now, these guys aren't thinking that much. They're just going out there, they're having fun. And when you're having fun, you're going to play your best ball. Yeah, that's overthinking is the number one killer on basketball court or any sport. And Daniel even mentioned, too, he was like, you know, this just proves to me that an old dog can learn new tricks. Yeah, I just hope it translates to the tournament. But I, I, I'm sure you've heard this story before, Jake, but um, it was on a podcast with, I believe it was J.J. Reich's podcast, but Andre Iguodala, when he got traded to the Heat in the late part of his career, mm-hmm. you know, when they had during the COVID year and he was in the bubble, and he talked about, you know, Heat culture and how hard they practice and how hard, how much pressure there is to be a great team every year and live up to that standard, kind of like at Tennessee, how we work really hard in practice and there's a standard that has to be met. And, he was talking about in the games, you know, they'd get wide open, like Duncan Robinson, for example, and he would be so nervous about what uh, Spolstra would do or say if he missed because he was just so worried about making sure he made that shot and, like, living up to the standard and, like, just so honed in on the moment that 
he like overthought everything and just kept missing open shots and he was like yeah you know man you like you gotta let them relax during the game let them have fun let them be free like you work hard in practice to prepare for these games like you're you don't have to have that same mentality in practice where you're just everything is like hard 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 go 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 like can't make a mistake you can't have that translate over to the game because like in the games they would get tight and miss open shots that they would normally hit in practice because they're just putting too much pressure on themselves. So I think that's kind of been what we've seen this year. We've seen more of a relaxed, loose team that lets their practice actually pay off on the court instead of trying to put so much pressure on themselves to perform. Right. No, I agree 100%. And, you know, Spolstra, I mean, he's the king of that. Like, they're going to work hard in practice. They always have under him. But when it comes time, when it comes down to it, I mean, you look at Jimmy Butler last year in the playoffs, and you know, it seems like okay, well, they're gonna, you know, win the play in, and then they're gonna get put out by the Bucks, and all of a sudden, game two, Jimmy Butler drops fifty five points. So he's out there having fun. He's out there playing the game of his life. He, he was he is out there being who he is, and ultimately it led to a run in to the NBA Finals, in which they lost to the Nuggets, which. I mean, without a doubt, the best team in the league. But when you look at what the Heat have done in past, a lot of these runs they made to the Eastern Conference Finals, to the NBA Finals, have been because they're out there having fun. They're out there living it up, having the time of their life, doing what they're supposed to do. And it's led to success. If we can just have fun, that's the big thing. Go out there, have fun. I sound like Coach Tang for a second from K-State. Go out there, have fun, and love each other. That guy. You remember what he did last year after they got put out by FAU? Didn't he go to the opposing team's locker room? Yeah, he went to FAU's locker room, acted like he was Coach K, like congratulating him and everything, and then they just turn around and I forgot what song they played, but they basically just danced all over him. I mean, yeah, why are you over here? Go talk to your team. Yeah. And they suck this year. Yeah, they're, so. not, they're not good. Um, they don't have yeah. Marquise Noel anymore. Yeah, so that was obviously a uh, flash in the pan, as they say. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, just to talk about the heat and compared to Tennessee, I mean, he's talking about, you know, you get there and you have – they give you knee pads and I give you, like, knee pads and uh, kind of like – I don't know, kind of just like these singlets like you would see in like a – sixth grade basketball team but he's like i don't need that and he's like yeah you'll you're gonna need it and he saw why i mean they're diving on the floor you know it's max effort all the time and yeah i know rick barnes they practice very hard and you know i i kind of wonder if they had he'd burned them out uh for that south carolina game they they practiced hard on monday or sunday or whenever it was because we exerted a lot of energy into that Vanderbilt game last Saturday, and then you turn around and you got a quick turnaround and play a very good South Carolina team on Tuesday. I, I they just looked tired and gassed out there to me. It was a weird game, a weird day too, especially with all the NCAA stuff coming out. So, um, I mean, I, I don't know. That game could just be a fluke, but it looked to me like they were very tired out there that night. Yeah, like very, very just. Very uncharacteristic. Yeah. I'm 
I, I'm not – I didn't freak out after, over that game, but I was just – that's a game you should win or you should have won. Yeah, I mean, it's just – it's annoying. Like, those those types of games, they're annoying, but they also happen. Yeah. Like, they happen to everybody. I mean, you look – I think – who who all got beat out of the top ten this week? A lot of them got beat. Houston got destroyed last night. Well, Kansas also shot um, 70% from the field. I mean, you're going to win ball games if you shoot 70%. Yeah, Duke lost to North Carolina. Yep. And, okay, so Kentucky, Duke, and Houston lost. Well, then, didn't UNC get beat earlier this week? Oh, I was just talking about yesterday. Oh. Um, let me see. I'm pretty sure they got beat on Tuesday. Yeah, they did. They lost to – yeah, Georgia Tech. I remember that. Yeah, mm-hmm. so they lost to Georgia Tech. Um, Purdue. No, I was thinking Purdue lost for some reason, but they were just talking about the Northwestern game when uh, they shot forty six free throws. By the way, to Northwestern's eight. Yeah, that was that was stupid. Um, let's see, Wisconsin lost this week. They're number six. Uh, Kansas, Kansas won, like we talked about. Cut. Sorry, I'm just having to do this manually. No, so really it was uh, Wisconsin lost Tuesday. North Carolina lost Tuesday. Houston lost yesterday. Duke lost yesterday. And Kentucky lost yesterday. Oh, Kentucky lost twice actually this week. So, yeah, they yeah. lost to Florida on t- uh, Tuesday. Yep. Or Wednesday. So. Wednesday. Yeah, it was Wednesday night. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, there's going to be a lot of reshuffling, but I think – I think we're good. We're going to stay around that. If Wisconsin loses tonight, they play a big game. They play Purdue at 12 o'clock. So, if they win, if they lose that game, I think we have a good chance of staying put in that top five. But if they win, they might leapfrog us. So, you never know. But um, it's just such, there's, so much, there's so much parity this year in college basketball. I feel like – I don't know how you feel about it, but – North Carolina is very good, obviously, and so is UConn and Purdue, the top three. But I think we can beat any one of those teams. I know we already played two of them, but I, I, I don't see why you can't beat any one of those three teams. And I know Purdue is a terrible matchup for us, but to beat the best, to be the best, you have to beat the best, as they say. I mean, send a walk in there if he's not going to do anything and just rough up Zach Eady. Yeah, he that's ridiculous by the way. It's he's a joke. I just I can't stand that Walmart yumming. I mean, the thing is with Zach Eady, everyone wants to say, well, he's gonna be the Naismith player of the year. Again. Well, is he? Like the only thing he's better than Dalton Connect at is being about eight inches taller than him. Yeah, it's being tall. That's, that, it. that's it. Like Dalton Connect's a better player. By far. But they're going to give it to Zach Eady out of bias. Yep. If you're if you're a true lover of the game, love basketball, and you watch those two players, you tell me who you enjoy watching more. Yeah, do you want to watch somebody that's just big, or do you want to watch somebody that can facil- facilitate an offense? That's something we don't talk about enough. Is when Dalton Connect brings the ball up, it's an entirely new dynamic for our offense. First of all, second of all, tell me at what point has Zach Eady jump from right in front of the foul line, split two defenders, and changed his mind as to which hand he was going to go up with. That's Michael Jordan-level-esque right there from Dalton Connect. Yeah, I mean, that 
that's like that's stuff that's just you can't teach. That's just like God given ability. And Zach, Zach Eady's game is just it's very boring to me. I know that might sound just like a casual take, but it's just like I, I don't enjoy like the way the game is played today. I don't enjoy watching. Most people don't enjoy watching a dominant big man anymore. They're rare to find. So, well, it's just how the game's Zach changed. Eady, plus, Zach Eady has no NBA potential, really, or no. future. So, Connect does. Yeah, Connect is going to be a, probably a at least a top fifteen pick. He's going to be a lottery yeah. pick. Yeah, he, I, I just, and he may very well be a top ten pick by, by the time it's all said and done. Yeah, I know. I'm, I mean, I kind of felt bad for him last night because that was a massive game to showcase his abilities. And I'm sure there were a gazillion scouts there last night. But he already showed out once in the big stage and against North Carolina. But as long as he shows out in March, that's all that matters. Yeah. So um, we're going to hit our final break of the hour. Stay with us morning after here on Fan Radio. White Claw is taking hard seltzer to new heights with White Claw Surge. At 8% alcohol, White Claw Surge is a stronger wave of refreshment that doesn't compromise on taste. Available in four bold waves of flavor like ripe blackberry, citrusy blood orange, zesty natural lime, and tart cranberry. Check out your favorite retailer in-store and online for the White Claw Surge variety 12-pack and 16-ounce single-serve cans. White Claw Surge, please drink responsibly. Is your home's exterior in need of a makeover? If so, it's time to call North Knox Siding and Windows. Transform your home's curb appeal with premium siding options. From classic to modern styles, they've got something to suit every taste. Upgrade to energy efficient windows that'll keep your home comfortable all year round while saving you money on your energy bills. North Knox Siding and Windows, get ready to fall in love with your home all over again. Online at North Knox Siding and Windows, Ever been the coach who realized the team's gear just wasn't up to par? Well, if I'm being honest, that was me. Just a downright irresponsible and plain bad coach. Then, SM Athletics changed the game. I want you to picture this. I walk into their store, a coach with a vision. SM Athletics didn't just see a coach. They saw a team's potential. And they delivered custom uniforms so striking. Our team's spirit soared. From cutting edge apparel to top-notch equipment, SM Athletics transformed our presence. No more unreliable online orders or envying the other team's style. SM Athletics stands for quality, design, and on-time delivery every time. Coaches, elevate your team with SM Athletics. Call 865. 966-3434 or visit smathletics.com. Get the best for your team. Delivered right and on time. So, elevate your team's game by contacting SM Athletics today. Are you ready to elevate your driving experience? Then you need to head over to your hometown dealership, Parkside Kia, home of the lifetime warranty. Discover the latest Kia cars and SUVs where technology meets style. Our friendly staff is here to make your car buying experience a breeze. Don't wait. Visit Parkside Kia today and drive home in the Kia of your dreams. Check them out online at parksidekia.com and visit their showroom at 9929 Parkside Drive. Parkside Kia, where your journey begins. Are you tired of looking at that piece of furniture that is wore down but you don't want to get rid of it? Go see our friends at Sun Upholstery and Fabric. Locally and family owned and operated with over 67 years of combined experience. Located at 8913 Oak Ridge Highway. Give them a call today at 865-237-3272 or visit them online at fabricsun.com. That's fabricsun.com. 
Fanrun.com and be sure to tell Stan that you heard about him right here on Fan Run Radio. Segment morning after here on Fairman Radio. Davis Rangi alongside Jake Miller. Yeah. Phil called with Brett on your show earlier this week. <laughs> I was listening live and that might have been the funniest call I think I've heard in a long time. I never heard I haven't heard Phil get that fired up in a long time. I never heard him start graveling in his voice. No, yeah, he was getting furious. We got paintball! That's the bottom line! Well, have um, you been watching gonna, basketball? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Brett's, uh, Brett's going to look like a genius now. That uh, He's 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 the happiest man on the planet that Josiah Jordan James had a good game last night. Oh, hell yeah, he is. Because, uh, be honest, man. That wasn't uh, sitting well with me that he was defending him like that uh, after, what was it, 10 points in five games Yeah, previously? 5% five, five I mean, from three since conference play had started. It was 5% from three. What, you said five? 5% five from three-point wow. range since conference play had started. I was thinking my phone cut out there for a second. I didn't think that was a real stat. 5%. No, no it, I'm serious. It was 5%. It was like one of 20. Good God. I don't even know how it's possible. Like, it's almost as hard to go, like, O of 20 as it is to go 20 for 20. 5%? Kind of like Marcus with his betting. It's just as hard to go O and 16 on bets as it is to go 16 and O. One, no, sorry, Jay, it was one for 18. Oh. All right, five. It's five and a half percent. Can't give him some credit. Nah. Yeah, he's gone on a. I don't know. He's gone on a little uh, blocking spree. Have you seen that on Twitter? Over people that are mad. Oh uh, yeah. That's I don't know. That, that's soft to me. But. As producer Matthew would say, "Oh, I got a job." Yep. I'm a bunch of blocks, man. Nice. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I just, yeah, I don't know. I really enjoyed that Phil call. He's uh, enjoyed the show too. It's uh, you know, there's a lot of differing opinions on that show. Trying to tell me that strawberry yeah. milk is vegan. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. Yeah, show I, I show me know. the udder on a strawberry, and I might believe you. No, yeah, I. Uh, I don't know, man. I, whew. yeah, it's a, yeah, no, it's a, it's a good show. I'm not going to say, uh, I'll tell you, I'll tell you later what I was going to say. But, say <laughs> um, but no, yeah, I just, um, yeah, we haven't even talked about it. I haven't brought it up yet because I've just been so focused on the Kentucky game. But since we spoke last Sunday, a lot's happened, obviously, and the NCAA 
is now broke Tuesday, I believe Tuesday afternoon. NCAA is now investigating us for possible NIL violations, which is just so stupid to me, man. You can't retroactively enforce rules. If it was not a rule at the time, you can't turn around and say, oh, well, it's a rule now, so it applies then. I mean, it's just, they're to me, they're just grasping for whatever power they have left, and they're, they're trying to enforce silly rules. It's It's their fault, man. They're not... When they opened this thing, NIL, back in July of 2021, they never set any ground rules. It was just, go ahead. It's just whatever you want to do. It was the Wild West, and it still is. And now they're trying to make up for those mistakes, for them not setting any ground rules or anything. They realize that they effed up so badly that they now have to go around investigating schools to try to look like they have power when they don't. No, and, and that's what's so maddening about that whole ordeal is the fact that the NCAA, you know, like Davis just said, you cannot you cannot retroactively punish somebody for a rule that wasn't in place by the time you made the rule. Like, this is going to be the end of the NCAA. You know, they've got a hearing in Greenville, Tennessee at the courthouse later this month, I'm pretty sure. It's going to be at the yeah. Greenville, Tennessee courthouse. February 13th, I think. And I cannot wait for that day. I'm I wonder if they give me press credentials. I wonder if they let me have have some credentials. I want to get in on this. I just want to watch. It wouldn't uh, hurt to try. I mean, I, I don't get what the NCAA is trying to do here. I mean, the only way that they make money now is through March Madness. That is their biggest money generator. They're, yeah, I mean, they're trying not. They're going to try to not let go of basketball. But the fact of the matter is, if if your power four conferences decide to break off and do their own thing, there's nothing they can do. Yeah, and I mean, it's literally only men's basketball. Baseball is not – baseball is growing, but it's not – I don't believe it's generating any profit. If it is, it's a small amount compared to basketball. Now, most schools lose money on baseball. Yeah, that's that's what I thought. Like um, football we, and basketball, actually, you can even argue, like, there's only like 26 schools, dude, that I think that turn a profit every year in athletics. No, nah, yeah, it's – it's a tough industry, but when, like women's basketball literally loses you money. I mean, it. I, I, you see that article this week that came out about Ole Miss. Ole Miss women's basketball had lost eight million dollars. That was their prof, like their bottom line was ne- negative eight million dollars. So negative and, revenue. So they're, they're in a deficit. Yeah, they're in a deficit. Eight million dollar deficit, and um, that's only going to grow. Yeah, and someone like someone over the course of ten years, out. they're going to lose a hundred million dollars. Yeah, it's just not it's not sustainable. Um, and so, anyway, the Ole Miss coach got pissed about it because someone made an article about it, and she blocked them, you know, this and that. The The solution to, in today's world is just blocking them on Twitter, not actually having any conversation. That's fine. But, I'll get on my burner account and find out what Dan Wolken has said. <laughs> Burners are uh, the way to go in today's society. but I got a good one, too. Yeah. Same. I'm out there lurking <laughs> somewhere. But, uh, no, yeah, I just, I, I and like, uh, I, I know it's already been said by Brent Hubbs and Austin Price, but don't, don't show up and make, don't show up outside the courthouse and try to sway the judges. I don't think that's going to sit well with them. So, no. But I, uh, I don't know, man. I'm not really, I'm, the only thing that concerns me about this whole thing is that we're, uh, you know, the term repeat offender. And 
we literally just got out of this in this past summer, and now we're right back in the NCAA. Like, it's almost like it was just never-ending. It was just a continuation. It's like, what, are they going to try to give us the death penalty? Yeah, you can't do that anymore. It's not possible. You can, but there are other ways other than the the death penalty. Like, you could cripple a team worse by avoiding the death penalty and making the punishment that much harsher. Like, you could institute – like, one of the things that I've said that should be done to Michigan for what happened, you know, once I found out that Tennessee was one of the recipients of some of that, you know, Spygate or whatever you want to call it. But what you want to – if you want to absolutely drop the hammer on somebody, what you do is you do a five-year bowl ban, five years worth of scholarships lost, no televised games, no bowl games, no chance at competing for a national title, and you can only do walk-on players for the next five years. That would cripple a program. Uh, Yeah, I mean, it's pretty much the death penalty. You're going to lose every single game. So you might as well just pack it up and just count 60 straight losses if you're going to be forced to play walk-ons only for five years. Yep. So... (laughs) And at that point, but, you're almost forcing the hand for the university to say, well, we're not going to compete in football for the next five yeah, years because we don't want to lose the money. Yeah, but then there's, I guess there's that loophole where you could, you know, quote-unquote technically, even though they're not on scholarship, you could pay the players that are walk-ons with NIL. But but why would you do it if you're not getting any television time or not being able to go to a bowl game or be able to compete for titles? Yeah. And in our case, obviously, if you're in trouble for NIL in the first place, probably not a good idea to turn around and do it once you're banned. But um, yeah, I'm not really worried. I mean, I'm not really worried about it. My worry level on a scale of one to ten is probably a three. But I'm, a, I'm at about a two. Like, there's no way that the NCAA is going to be able to do anything. They always lose in court. They always lose in court. When you have the Supreme Court who can never agree on anything to vote nine to nothing against you, you are the most corrupt organization in the history of America. You're up there with Bernie Madoff as one of the biggest crooks in American history. I just, yeah, I don't know. I just, uh, sorry, I'm looking at a video of Rick Barnes high five and Toby Iwaka after the fight. But, uh, very nice. Yeah, man. I'm not. I'm not worried about it. I just. I don't want them to do anything to Nico because I don't think that's fair to him. For them to suspend him, that would be an awful look for them already. So, I would just play him. I mean, Memphis played Wiseman, and nothing really came about it. So. Yeah. So, like, what can you do? Oh, well, you can't play. Oh, guess what? I'm going to play anyway. What are you going to do about it? Yeah, I think they got. They literally got a slap on the wrist, and their their allegations were a lot worse than ours. Yeah. But. Um, it's whatever. So we're running out of time for this week. We'll uh, be with you next week. Thank you, Jake. Thank you. And uh, we'll talk to you next week right here on Fan Radio. A brand built in Tennessee and born from the love of the game. Inward Half revolutionizes golfing comfort. Crafted by a former pro and dedicated enthusiast just like you.